Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. And welcome Nerdy Nights at the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi Anders Drew. But no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. You're darn right. Mm -hmm. So much to learn, especially about Callus. <laughs> Let's learn everything about him. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into season three, episodes 10 and 11, and Inside Man, and Visions and Voices. Spooky. We have done our best to scramble our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes of Rebels, but I will throw an adult content warning for the younglings. Flo's we are here an she Inside Man to be... today. <laughs> <laughs> Flo gets to be happy about Callus this week, everybody. So, But without further ado, let's hop on board the Phantom 2 and see what Agent Callus has been up to as we explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, let's punch it with that first holocron. Excellent. We're heading into our first holocron, which is the Journal of the Wills, where we go over the plot and episode synopses for the episodes this week. Starting off with an inside man. This will never not be funny now. Kanan, Ezra, and Chopper are back on Lothal. They rendezvous with an escaping Ryder Azadi. Hi, Ryder. We we like you. <laughs> yes, we do. You're just fine. Just fine as the ex-governor of Lothal, who uses a speeder chase. Uh, this scene was amazing, by the way. This it was really was fantastic. cool. They're in the middle of to show how rebel spies have rigged the speeders coming out of the Lothal factory to malfunction after they go 190. We don't know what 190, but... <laughs> 190 mini parsecs. Of, yeah, exactly. Some sort of space <laughs> kilometer. Let's go with that. The idea comes from Mr. Sumar. Well, oh my God, this poor man. Our former farmer friend. Poor buddy. Ezra tells the Lothal-based rebels that he and Kanan are there for intel so that they can use it to prioritize a larger rebellion action on Lothal. Their contact, Fulcrum, has indicated that the factory is working on a very secret Imperial project. So they decide to infiltrate to discover what it is. Awesome, I love an infiltration episode too. Oh, Kanan totally. and Ezra infiltrate the factory, but it's a surprise inspection day. Oh no, <laughs> normal workers don't like these, but then we have poor Kanan and Ezra here. Callus, Price, and Thrawn are all present, noting how this factory has a much higher malfunction rate than normal. Thrawn demonstrates by having Sumar personally test one of the speeders, creepy as fuck. Mm -hmm. 
which of course blows up. This is one of those moments where like, he knows exactly what's going to happen the entire time. And And he can't move, he'll just be shot. Yeah. But I mean, like Thrawn knows. It's like, it's like when an interrogator is asking you a question they already know the answer to. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Which I mean, and Sumer, like people will say, Sumer could have jumped off. Like, what was he doing? It's like, no, if he jumped off, he would have been interrogated and he would have turned over people who mm-hmm. were part of the rebellion and then he would have been killed anyway so he knew that he was in a lose-lose situation so he just stayed there yeah and he paid like, the price oh my god and his wife later I, oh, it's fine everything's fine nothing <laughs> <laughs> thron locks down the factory conduct a thorough investigation and comms are jammed so kanan can't signal Hera. so using chopper as a diversion as they always end up doing like guys can we just skip to this part in the future like (laughs) chopper go wreak havoc and we'll just start there yes please (laughs) ken and ezra do manage to slip away to avoid getting their ids checked Mm -hmm. uh they sneak off to discover whatever this mysterious project is and chopper once again saving the day Mm -hmm. steals another droid's access codes and then promptly electrocutes it yes to go and be able to download the full specs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Callus, Price, and Thrawn are discussing these security breaches, and Callus mentions, I mean, he can interrogate people, but he can't tell if they're lying if he doesn't actually know what the truth is. He doesn't know what this project is. Right. Price tells him all he needs to know is that Thrawn has a, a brand new fighter initiative. And then the Grand Admiral just pontificates about how oh the smallest of margins can win wars and it's often the tiniest details which Mm -hmm. is true but i was also like dude you are just you are villain you're starting a villain monologue yeah yeah you're you're too smart for this (laughs) back at the base Ryder does manage to contact Hera and tell her about the lockdown so they decide the best thing that they can do is actually attack the factory at the east gate to mm-hmm. create a diversion that'll allow Ezra and Kanan to slip out. Yes. Back in Thrawn's office, hmm, hi, he's examining a piece of the wall from Lothal with Sabine's Phoenix graffiti on it. He deduces that since he has seen the symbol all over the place on Lothal, that the ghost crew has a special connection to the planet. Whoopsies, like great art, Sabine. Unfortunate that an art expert is here. Yes. Shit. And they will come back in the future, which is also true. List informs him that rather than apprehending rebels, they seem to have lost a couple. <laughs> Poor that's Lieutenant List. That's a great scene. He's like, have you managed to apprehend the rebels? Actually, we lost two of them. Yeah, they, like, they're somewhere on the base, maybe. <laughs> maybe, hopefully. Poor Lieutenant List. We, we do kind of stand Lieutenant <laughs> List on this podcast. Okay. Waiting on Chopper to finish his download, Kanan and Ezra are cornered by some troopers. They manage to slip away, but soon find themselves in a firefight. Shocking. They duck into a lift, and it's Callus. Just Callus. I love him so much. After the doors close, the ISB agent identifies himself as Fulcrum. What? Mm. I did not see this coming the first time I watched no, this No, definitely show. not. All right, well done, Dave Filoni and crew. He aids them, like rightfully skeptically, you know, Kane and Ezra, like. like how do we know we could trust him? Like, yeah, how do we know we could trust him? Even with the code phrase, like, mm, 
interesting. He works he works in the information office, like yes. Like this is the last person that we should be trusting for real right now. Fucking ISB. They get the comms back online though. He earns himself a couple of force pushes for Ezra to make it look good. But Kanan wanted to do that part. He wanted to. He's like, oh, Ezra. And I was just like, what? Don't yell at me. I thought it looked fine. And he's like, no. <laughs> Which fair. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to do it to Callus. The rebels are attacking the factory. So Ezra and Kanan try to sneak off in a walker, but they are identified by Thrawn fairly easily. After stealing a bigger walker. <laughs> well done, Ezra. I love Ryder too. He's like, that's got to be Ezra. Yeah, I love it. It's just like, I'm going to hide behind the bigger walker so that the other bigger walker can't shoot me. Mm-hmm. Which is a good plan when there's no other cover available. Yeah, like, when you've got the smaller, more maneuverable thing. When he's just like kind of sidestep. <laughs> Be like, walkers don't do that. He's like, that's Bridger. Easy, easy to identify. They deliver Chopper's intel to Hera and discover that this fighter initiative is for a special TIE fighter equipped with shields. Not good friends. Something that could cause rebel pilots to lose a huge advantage because the normal TIEs do not have shields. I don't think I ever really realized that the first like the first time through like we never really got like a TIE pilot's perspective in the mm-hmm. movies or anything so we've heard right. we've heard like x-wing pilots be like oh my rear deflectors have taken yeah. a hit mm-hmm. and then of course ties just end up blowing up but yes. we never quite know if it's is it a one-shot thing is it ha- do they just have weak shields mm-hmm. like whatever it is i didn't know that they just no. don't have them they got nothing they got nothing the pilots are expendable just like everything else in the empire yes back on lothal we end with ron musing over how the rebels escaped and concludes that there must be a spy Mm-hmm. A lot of threads connecting in his mind. Mm-hmm. Too many. Yes. All right, moving into visions and voices. So during a briefing, Ezra starts like seeing Maul all over the rebel base on Adalon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eventually has like a total freak out and almost attacks a fellow soldier, thinking that it's Maul. Um, Kanan brings him to Bendu for help, but not before getting Sabine to put a secret tracker in his wrist com. Mm-hmm. Ezra, I love you, but I don't fully trust you in this situation. Fair. Mm-hmm. We do fair. the same thing if uh, if Hondo was calling. Yes. But <laughs> yes. after Ezra tells Bendu about what happened with the holocrons, how they had connected, but he broke the connection to pretty soon, mm-hmm. Bendu reminds him he warned him of the dangers. Of He's putting like, oh, a few shit, together. That, huh? mm. <laughs> Remember when I told you that it was really risky and you probably shouldn't do that? Guess what? <laughs> now that there is this connection between them, Ezra decides he wants to stop seeing Maul in his head, and Bender's like, eh, don't turn around then because he's right behind you. <laughs> and Maul actually is right there. Yes. <laughs> Maul has come. He wants to take Ezra with him to complete a ritual that will meld their minds back together so they can complete the information transfer that they started with the holocrons. Mm-hmm. Kanan, obviously and rightfully, thinks that this is a terrible idea, but concedes that they really don't have much of a choice. Maul officially knows where Chopper Base is, and he has a dead man switch hooked up to a transmitter that will alert the Empire. Maul leaves with Ezra. Kanan mm-hmm. and Sabine follow using that secret tracker. Yes. Thank goodness. Oof. 
Maul takes Ezra to his home planet, Dathomir, and to his lair in a former home of the Night Sisters. Lots of great Clone Wars callbacks in this episode. Lots. Ezra notices a weird-looking lightsaber. What could that be? I don't know. A lightsaber that Maul has that he won't use. One that looks a little different, you know. Maul freaks out about Ezra touching his stuff, <laughs> which is great. Like, oh, I, you don't want me to touch your trash? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. But he does tell Ezra that his Mandalorian friend might have some answers about this particular lightsaber. Maul creates a potion and the two of them drink it at the altar of the Night Sisters. Everything's fine. The ritual is completed with both of them being pointed to Obi Wan Kenobi on a planet with twin sons. Ooh, I wonder where that could be. But the spirits of the Night Sisters, they want their payment, guys. They don't work on like layaway. They they pretty much want you to pay cash immediately. Yeah. In flesh and blood, obviously. Good job, Night Sisters. Ezra and Maul get away, but the trailing Sabine and Kanan are possessed by these ghosts of the Night Sisters. They plan on using them to freaky. rebuild their clan. Super freaky. Anything to do with like the magics and the Night Sisters has this like really strange witchy mm-hmm. connotation and not in a good way. Like this is like the taking over people's bodies kind of way. Yeah. Not what you want to see in your force witches. We like we like Marin better from Jedi Honor. <laughs> but you know, Maul's like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, they got their payment. We got away. It's all good. Yep. He reveals that they cannot step outside the cave as the altar is the source of their power. He begs Ezra to come with him. He really mm-hmm. does. He We're gonna talk about this desperate. a lot later. He really wants Ezra to come with him to start their journey together as brothers. Mm-hmm. Wonder what we can unpack there, Maul. Ezra refuses, insisting that he needs to stay and help his friend. And Maul is like, he pulls the parental, I'm so disappointed in you (laughs) card, which, rude. (laughs) And he leaves. So Ezra goes back into the cave. Yeah. Where he manages to get into a fight with the, like, spider crawling on the wall version of Sabine. It is so creepy. But he does manage to force push her outside of the cave, which causes the spirit to leave her body Mm -hmm. and go back to the altar. Ezra tells Sabine to stay right there. He's going to go in, and he's going to try and save Kanan. Mm -hmm. Of course, she doesn't listen, but she also doesn't really have much of a part in this fight later either. Back up at the altar, Ezra offers himself up to the spirits, saying, this is my debt to pay. Take me. I'm younger. I'm fitter. I'm not blind. You know. And the spirits agree. They they leave Kanan. But as soon as they leave him, before they can get into Ezra, Ezra uses his own lightsaber and the darksaber that he's got in his hand to destroy the altar, which banishes the spirits, Smart. destroying the source of their power. Mm-hmm. As everybody gets up and leaves the cave, Ezra tells Kanan about Obi-Wan, and Sabine picks up the darksaber, taking it with her. Wonder what yes. that could mean. <laughs> Yeah, these two episodes though freaking mm. amazing oh they're oh, so good amazing. so so good mm. all right let's move into our second holocron the will of the force this is where we discuss the theme or themes in today's episodes so colleen you want to start us off with the episode heck yes so episode 10 our theme is moves and counter moves this is basically a big chess match that's happening in this episode thrawn proves just how ruthless and cunning he can be like holy shit <laughs> 
he is just like pulling stuff out of his butt, but it's really not out of his butt. He really actually knows that this is what's going to be happening. Yeah. He's anticipating almost every move they make and showing us that he's really good at art appreciation. Like he stayed after class and did the extra credit on this. A lot of interpretation that he's making. Yes, through the art. Like, I mean, yes, tactics, he can also deduce statistics from that. But he's like the ultimate chess player. Mm-hmm. Really good that Kanan and Ezra don't know the rules. <laughs> so they can kind of <laughs> maneuver around him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, that sign can't stop me. I can't read. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Next, episode 11, Obsession and Trauma. Oof. This is a big episode for Maul, like really, really big. It's not explicitly stated in the episode, but he's obviously traumatized. Mm-hmm. Like we can trace his he's descent fracturing into madness in this episode. This is like the beginning of the end for Maul's brain. Like he's just gone. His obsession with power and keeping the power is the only driving force he has left, especially when Ezra turns down his plea for a partnership. Mm. You hate to see it. Yes. <laughs> but it is it makes really great television, but it's also like it's fuck, awesome. this is really sad. Yeah. And it also feeds into a sort of different angle on our series theme of the chosen family. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Mount breaks here. He just yeah. he shatters and I think it's Ezra finally telling him straight up no. Cause we start off he's still calling Ezra my apprentice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's Kanan who's like, it's not going to happen. And he says, yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. But, I mean, he breaks and he tells Ezra what he actually wants. But, of course, it is mixed with serious aggression and the absolute inability to fully communicate what he wants. He doesn't know how to relate to people. He doesn't know how to talk to people. No. Not even a little bit. No. But Maul wants a partner. He wants a connection with somebody and he mm-hmm. lets slip that he wants Ezra to join him as a brother. Yeah. Maul watched Savage, his actual brother, die in his arms mm-hmm. after getting some time with him, but not, not too much. No. And we were not expecting him to reach out to Ezra in this way, in this manner, and show that kind of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Wild. Just insane. For a character like Maul, it's insane. Uh, in the Clone Wars, I mean, Maul's emotional instability is somewhat tempered by his brother when they're together. Because, I mean, Savage is just, like, very he's physical, like, very yeah. mindless, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a boulder. He's like an yeah. anchor for Thrawn. Not Thrawn. Well, but no, for Thrawn the first time, for yeah. But for the first time, Maul had someone who wanted to be with him, mm-hmm. uh, even though he still kind of exerted itself as the major dominant one. Maul's definitely yep. the dominant. He's not the submissive. No. He a dom. Maul yeah. is a dom. <laughs> the master to Savage's apprentice. Mm-hmm. Savage accepted his brother. Pretty much the only person who has ever done that in Maul's life. Yeah. So Maul wants to recreate that feeling. He just has no idea how to go about doing it and cultivating that type of a relationship. No. Zero skills when it comes to this. <laughs> Oh my god. Mm. Okay, next we're going into our third holocron where we go into the galaxy's populace. This is our characters and relationships. Anders, do you want to take sexy hot callus? <laughs> I will discuss callus, yes. Yay. <laughs> Start off, yes, callus. Fulcrum has been unveiled. It is so much fun after you know this 
to go back and watch season three. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to catch, but his facial expressions have changed. His behavior is just subtly different from seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. He's much quieter and he's more watchful. He's seeing how terrible Price is. He's also asking a couple more questions and you realize he's trying to gain information that he can then pass mm-hmm. on. Uh, and he's seeing how far Thrawn is willing to go to win, yeah. which is pretty much all the way. <laughs> yeah, Thrawn's in it to win it, folks. Yeah. Callus is still really rough around the edges when it comes to Kanan and Ezra, although he does prove to be an ally. Chopper, of course, is just like, sure, why not? Let's yeah, trust yep, this guy. Yep, we're good. <laughs> um, and Ezra is rightfully like, that might not be a good thing. That's not necessarily yeah. a point in your favor, my guy. No, we need to talk about this. <laughs> um, but that just might be because he wants to get the hell out of the factory. And if Callus yep. can help make that happen, great. Yep. Use the resources you have. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch where Callus goes from here, though, because he is very entrenched in the Imperial machine. That'll get him the best intel, but it puts him in probably the most dangerous and precarious situation. He's yes. walking an extremely fine line. Mm-hmm. Which we will probably see later. <laughs> My favorite, here we go, the, let the ship sail. I am, like, I am a Callus and Zev shipper, everyone, for real. I love that Kels brings up his connection to Zeb and he uses the nickname instead of the full name when he was in the Wedge episode. He said Gara Zeb Aurelios. Here is no like, nope, Zeb's my boy. <laughs> like, yes. And then I love Ezra freaking dropping that when you were stranded on that ice moon together. Yeah. Bomb on Zeb maybe, was like uh... embarrassed. All right. So in that situation, Colleen is uh, Zeb or Callus John Snow. And which one's he Gret? Oh my. <laughs> stranded Ooh. in the ice cave. Can we stay in this cave forever? <laughs> I'm guessing that Callus would be the Jon Snow in this situation because of his like his duties that he thinks that he is aligned with. Okay. But I mean, this is that's a really difficult quote. <laughs> <laughs> they both probably could have used a bath in the waterfall pool in the cave though, for sure. I do love Zeb, who's like, oopsies, I accidentally recruited him. <laughs> He's so embarrassed. He's, He's like, like, my bad. Like, I guess this is good, but also, whoops. Because it seems like he did not tell them anything. <laughs> no, he did not mention Callus at all in the cave. Because no. they are all super confused about this. <laughs> Sabine had like an inkling that they had some sort of connection when he let them go. Yeah, tells that tells that we're even like they must mm-hmm. have had something at some point. Right. So she's like, all right, whatever. We we don't need to talk about that. Oh, I love it so much. Let the ship sail, everyone. Anchors away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. Maul, my boy, my danger snack. I love you so much. One of the most interesting characters in Star Wars, mostly because of Clone Wars and Rebels. We have yes. so much to unpack for him in this episode. His villain Laren Dothamere, oh my god. To him knowing that he's like the last of his kind. This is like a psychoanalyst dream. <laughs> Be like, yes, please, we need to study you and write many papers about what the fuck is wrong with you. He's like this loner who wishes deep down that he's not alone, which is really sad. But he has zero emotional intelligence, like none. Even though he understands emotions and knows how to use them against people, he doesn't know how to use that <laughs> in his favor when he's trying to actually connect with somebody unless he's trying to bend them to his will. 
but then he's drawn to these strong personalities who are not going to bend to his will. <laughs> he's stuck in this endless cycle what you trying can't to have. find it. Yes, he's trying to find an equal, a student, a friend. And we saw it with Ahsoka when he tried to recruit her as his apprentice. Like he sees this strong person and is like, they can be my friend, but also I want to be the boss. <laughs> like that's not how this works. Yeah. This is not how this works. Speaking of which, Maul and Ezra, Maul's main mission was to destroy the Sith. Once that mission was basically gone, like he can't, he can't do it. He really just can't. He turned to that easy target, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yes. Once he knew Obi-Wan's alive, I think that's kind of where it really like went. And we see family. that we see that when he's leaving um after mm. the Holocron incident. Yes. He's like giggling to himself. Yeah. Very yeah, much a it. Yeah. He has completely lost it. He has like regressed back to the trash planet. Like, mm. both of mine are friends. Let's go to the trash planet with the weird snake creatures. So uh, he really wants Ezra to be his apprentice, though. He thinks that he can persuade him into it. He's like got this delusion in his head that he can make Ezra become his apprentice. It's impossible considering their personality differences and the fact that Ezra, like, he has a larger mission. He isn't obsessed with taking out one person he's obsessed with taking out evil yes like yes thank you ezra please do not join mom mom that doesn't understand at all that a person forges relationships but also has to nurture them like he can start a relationship just fine like he did with ezra and twilight of the apprentice he has the ability he just doesn't have the ability to keep the people (laughs) But when it comes to something, I mean, when it comes to when it comes to like recruitment on something like that, I mean, he was effectively just told, yeah, by Sidious, yes, you are my apprentice, you are my assassin, that's your life, Mm -hmm. deal with it. Yep, (laughs) yep. And he dealt with it as best as he could. (laughs) It's just, it's really sad. He's like one of those people who thinks they deserve to be in other people's lives, but it just you don't automatically get to be in someone's life because you want to. Right. And it's like, I, I feel so bad for Maul because he was emotionally destroyed by Sidious as a very oh, young child. Yes. I always like to think about things if he had been found by the Jedi instead. Hmm. Or if Mother Talzin hadn't been a big old bitch and been like, here, Sidious, come to my planet and here's my son. And also you could take him, but I don't really want him to take you to take him. But okay, I guess if you share your dark secrets with me, like Maul was basically fucked over by his real parent and his stand-in father figure yep like mommy and daddy issues here we go mm. Fuck. we're gonna get into mall more later friends i'm sure we will <laughs> he's like the never-ending fountain of just like yay let's just dissect the shit out of this character okay next we are going into our fourth holocron which is binding the galaxy together in which we go over our homages and easter eggs for these episodes there's a couple of more in-depth ones yeah for these episodes there's a lot of stuff here we're going to start out with the tie defender this is thrawn's secret project what's going on in lothal friends it's a new fighter model with shields and a hyperdrive seriously if these things did go into mass production and became part of the imperial fleet the rebels would be fucked definitely within within a couple months Yes. yes the empire would have taken them out if Palpatine wasn't obsessed with giant gun. It's like, oh man, it would have been the one thing that would level the playing field between the fighters because the X-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings, B-Wings, they all have some sort of shielding. They have hyperdrives. The TIE fighters don't. 
makes them lighter, makes them more maneuverable, but it puts them at a much easier to destroy. Much Single easier shot. to destroy. Yes, and even though there's tons of them, an A-wing with shields still has a chance to take out a bunch of them without dying themselves. So, mm, something bad is happening yeah. on Lothal, everybody. <laughs> and then we get into basically Easter egg corner. Um, yes. We have all of we the have art. We have two of those, two of those we have, today. <laughs> we have all of the art into in Thrawn's office on Lothal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we've we've known that he studies art that he studies other cultures but here we just see it it is full obsession mm -hmm. um and there are a lot of really really small details in this scene mm -hmm. so we start off with sabine's starboard symbol uh that also has a little loth cat all right that shows that they are connected to the we did also we did get a loth cat sighting outside mm -hmm. at one mm -hmm. point uh, he has copies of Hera's family portrait that he had from Ry that were in her house on Ryloth, mm -hmm. um, and a very interesting Mandalorian piece uh, that has the Mandalorian Jedi Tar Vizsla. Mm -hmm. That particular art was last seen in the Clone Wars, when Sidious was dueling and eventually killed Savage Opress and took Maul captive. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's a statue from the Bardantan culture, which is a force-attuned race that Jar Jar and Mace Windsu helped out in Close Wars. Queen Julia and Jar Jar, y'all. <laughs> the guy can get it. Yeah, He did, and he we're did bringing, get it. We're bringing it up, and oh, yeah. Yep, Jar Jar Fox, one of the best things that ever came out of Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, he also has a Jedi Sentinel mask that we saw mm -hmm. in kind of the temple visions uh, mm -hmm. on the fall in Kanan's yeah. arc, yeah. Uh, as well as Hera's Calicori. So we have Kanan and Hera both represented right there on his desk. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, there's some interesting cave drawings too that have humanoids, looks like riding creatures that look an awful lot like wolves. Wonder if that'll come into play later. I wonder, oh my God. Hey, Filoni doesn't Rebels like wolves at all. Back. <laughs> Everything in Rebels comes back. <laughs> Everything, for real, though. <laughs> no episode is a filler episode. <laughs> okay, next Easter egg frickin' corner is Maul's hideout <laughs> on Dathomir. Another villain's lair, you guys. Like Thrawn, it seems that Maul is a collector. Differently, different collecting, still different collecting. reasons. Whew, we still got a lot of shit in there, though. It's like he's remaking the trash planet, kind of. Yeah, a little he's got bit. So, he's got so much stuff in that cave. Instead of getting knowledge, though, from these items, Maul hoards them and is basically obsessing about when he had power. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to change anything about himself or learn anything from the things he has. He's just hoarding them for his reflections on his former glory. <laughs> Included in this cache of stuff is the portrait of Satine Kreis that was in the Clone Wars on Mandalore fucking creepy. Maul has slashed out her eyes and her throat on the painting, indicating that he was the one who killed her. But he also was. that he was. He doesn't want her to see him, though. Like, the scratching out of the eyes is very indicative of you don't want this person to see you. Yeah. Which is also creepy. I'm not sure if that's like some deeply buried guilt manifesting or if he just thought that this was creepy. I think deep down he's probably like, yeah, probably shouldn't have killed her. Because <laughs> that kind of started his decline a little bit when he killed her and er like basically 
urged Obi-Wan to fight back harder. Yep. The worst thing, though, is freaking Kenobi is written in giant freaking letters that look like blood <laughs> like on one of the walls. Like, damn. Maul, mm. oh, honey. Just... Obi-Wan is living rent-free in Maul's head, y'all. Yeah, he really is. One other thing that was in that cave, though, Anders. Is the Darksaber! Making its Rebels debut. Making its Rebels debut. We saw it once or twice in... The, we saw it a couple of times in the Clone Wars, and then we mm-hmm. obviously we, it's playing a part right now in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But this lightsaber was forged by Tar Vizsla, the very first Mandalorian Jedi. It showed up mm-hmm. Clone Wars, Mandalorians, now Rebels. It's basically the Excalibur of the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah. Primarily the, the Excalibur of Mandalore. Whoever wields it can claim to be the ruler of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um, other holders have been Maul, Bo-Katan Kreese, and Pre Vizsla. For a very short time. <laughs> very short time. That did just did not go well for him. No, nothing went well for Pre once he decided that he was going to tell everyone that he was the leader of Death Watch. Yeah. A lot to unpack with Pre Vizsla also. Next, we have our returning characters. Yes, Flo, here we go. <laughs> Lieutenant List and Sumar are back. And Sumar's wife also, who doesn't get a name, but she is there. These guys have been on Lothal this whole time basically one working to take down the empire the other it's loyal stooge we're a little bit at least like okay list looked shocked as fuck when thrawn killed Zumar. like he looked yeah. surprised like he's like holy shit i guess we're just killing people now that seems totally fine that's fine everything's fine <sighs> he's not shocked enough to quit but at least he didn't smile like fucking price did mm. Mm. Arinda Price, we, we hate you so much. The showrunners used the film, which is George Lucas film, THX 1138, as inspiration when looking at Lothal's citizens as kind of this cog in the Imperial machine. Yeah. Sumar was a farmer. And so he was basically recruited to be a factory worker because he had no other choice. Yeah, recruited is a, uh, is a pretty generous term there. Yes, loose, very loose. <laughs> Conscripted. <definition>. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Indentured. <laughs> and then lastly, we are back on Dathomir. This is Maul's mm-hmm. home world and the home of the Night Sisters, a clan of force-wielding witches. Um, what happened to these very formidable women? Well, mm-hmm. um, old white man Dooku and Grievous made sure most of them were killed. <laughs> yep. Their leader, mm-hmm. Mother Talden, hated the Sith, mm-hmm. mostly because Sidious took her son, Maul, and then just kind of tossed him aside like garbage. But she also really craved power mm-hmm. on multiple occasions, uh, wanting to be the strongest in the galaxy. So she tried to kill Dooku, first by sending Ventress to assassinate him, then trying to take over his body. Um, after that, he kind of decided that they were too much of a threat. So the Separatists invaded Dathomir and killed most of the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. Maul, who was born a member of the Night Brothers, uh, is really one of the only Dathomirian Zabraks left during this point in Rebels. Mm-hmm. There might be a couple others out there, but he used most of them up in his uh, bid for power on Mandalore. Yep. Mm. And then we ultimately, as far as Night Sisters go, we don't know the ultimate fate of Marin, who is the Night Sister from Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I really hope that they either make a sequel to that game 
I think they are. I think they're in the process of making a sequel. Okay, good. Because I love her. She is (laughs) awesome. She, she's like the foil for Cal Kestis and he gets like that super Ezra energy where he's like, oh no, it's a girl. (laughs) Girl, girl, girl. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I love, love, love that part of the game. Please give us more Marin. I love the Night Sisters. I wish they were in a movie. I could do a whole Night Sisters movie. Who knows? Maybe they were in that original draft of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like everything else good. <laughs> everything else good that was taken from us was in the draft for the Rise of Skywalker. Oh my god. We're fine. All right, everybody. Before we move into our next holocron, we're going to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. This episode of Bohemian Geek Studies is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just kind of getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason you probably need something you can feel comfortable taking every day. That's why doctors invented a 100% drug-free relief factor. Now, tens of thousands of customers use relief factor every day to become mostly or even completely pain-free. 100% drug-free relief factor features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes and respond to pain and inflammation. You can try relief factor two, the the three-week quick start retail price of almost $70 is now available to our listeners for just $19.95. Head to the link in the show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with relief factor. We'd also like to tell you about Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, either a designer, or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs, or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services that you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of Bohemian Geek Studies, and we appreciate your continued support. Now, everybody, we are heading into our fifth hologram, the newbie from Naboo. I'm so excited for these episodes. waiting for these episodes. (laughs) These were good. My heart went pitter-patter. Okay, this is Rose's (laughs) first time watching Rebels. We've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her takes and her questions. So let's dig a little deeper into Agent Callus this week and see what Flo had to say about these episodes. You mean double Agent Callus? (laughs) Hot, hot Callus. We can now call him Hot Callus too. (laughs) Man, he's like James Bond of space. Hello, Callus. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I took my notes on my phone this week, so that's why I'll be looking down at my phone. So sorry if you're watching this on YouTube. (laughs) Okay, so the first thing that I noted, this just said, so sorry, episode 10. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm just very excited. An inside man. (laughs) An inside man. Inside flow, baby. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I was waiting for that. Come on, that was, you just lobbed it right up to me. Yep, that was a softball (laughs) baby right there. (laughs) Okay, so the first thing that happened in this episode that I noted was there was a blockade. 
And I forget who said it. Maybe Kanan said it's a blockade or something. But the only way I heard it was, it's a blockade. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Star Wars, you, you can't yes. do this to me anymore. <laughs> okay. So then we find out that like there's sabotage happening in this plant, right? Mm-hmm. And something's happening, but we're not like quite sure exactly what, but there's like an inside man who's very dead now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so dead. Mm. Do you or remember just... him, Flo? He's from the first season. No. Ezra. I definitely do not. <laughs> I barely remembered Ryder. I know. Ezra helped him escape from uh, the Imperials Empire. were like taking over the farms. And yeah, they, they, took they blew up his farm. Yeah, they yeah. blew up his farm basically. So everything in Rebels will come back. You have to remember <laughs> stuff. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you don't, I'll tell you. <laughs> I will just take even more notes. I'll be like, random person stage right will come back. Keep an eye on them. <laughs> There's a 75% chance that they yeah. will. <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk about the rider coming back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he came back and I was like, he looks familiar. They're talking about him. Like I should know who this is. Mm-hmm. And I had to like dig into my memories to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Ryder Azadi, former governor of Lothal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy who like fought with them in like the canyons. Right. And was yes. like, I don't want to fight anymore. And then he was like, all right, never mind. I'll fight or whatever. Yes. Right? That guy? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. The okay, one you so were that's... like, I don't care about him. And I'm like, that's really Yeah, you were very distinctly. You were like, I don't <laughs> care about this guy. Why do I have to care about him? <laughs> okay. So, spoiler, I still don't care about this guy at all. That's fair. <laughs> he was kind of useless. Um, okay. So, Callus is there, obviously, and we get to him a lot later, but he, d- he is there with the other, like, creepy lady. What is she? Nice. She's a new governor? She's the governor. Yes. Yeah. Governor okay. Price. So she's really creepy. I really don't like her. Her bone structure is intense. Okay. So So then we get into the factory, right? So Ezra and Kanan, like, wear those, like, weird COVID time face shields. Yeah. And hide in there. Very COVID safe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, like, Thrawn is the scariest humanoid (laughs) ever. Yes. (laughs) Where he's just, like, he clearly knows who is sabotaging these speeders and like making Mm -hmm. it so they'll explode at a certain speed and he's just like oh like you inspected this one didn't you like hop on friend right it's the creepiest thing that was the scariest thing i probably have ever seen in star wars (laughs) oh yeah thrawn does some fucked up psychological torture shit and he has no affect about it none he just he like he just like watched like disinterested just like Mm -hmm. oh yeah this person just exploded in front of me into a kajillion pieces yes so that was pretty effed up Mm -hmm. me me no likey i just i literally wrote wow fuck you thrawn (laughs) (laughs) yeah not not a great look okay but you know what was a great look kanan and ezra punching stormtroopers and stealing their armor (laughs) They are the most incredible duo ever. Yeah. Like they work so when they're on, like they work so well together. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just friend. like the cutest thing. I, mm-hmm. I just like loved it. Um Ezra's <laughs> like kind of at that age, like in the in like the whole father son thing, like Ezra's at that age now where like were you like 
like when you turn 21 and you're finally able to like hang out with like your dad yeah. and his buddies yeah and, yeah and they're able to just like have more fun with you than they we were can drink now Let's we go. can drink now we can like we can hang out we can actually like go places like you're not right. watching me we're just mm-hmm. actually having right. fun together yeah yeah you can definitely tell that like Kanan is less supervising Ezra and more just like enjoying Ezra which is like really nice I think you're totally right Anders absolutely Mm -hmm. okay so then they have to steal that like chip or like code from the droid right and give it to Chopper so they can get in (laughs) yeah that Imperial droid was so dumb like they were just like you're not supposed to be here yoink like what (laughs) (laughs) that was like a little bit too easy I feel like the Empire should have better security than that yes (laughs) okay so then there's Thrawn admiring the Phoenix Squadron art which was really Mm -hmm. cool that was obviously you guys like prepped me that like he likes art blah 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 Mm -hmm. I feel like he's getting a lot more out of this art than he's like letting on Mm -hmm. so he 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 really freaks me out I I he I I know you love him Colleen but oh yes Rebels, Rebels Thrawn is very legends like heir to the empire thrawn this is him like his cold calculating side okay and you you get a little more of his like protagonist side in the canon trilogy you never get much of his pov which is really really difficult so you can't figure out his character very well he's just so guarded that it's just like i you just there's a good reason why he is i believe it but it comes off very psychopath Yes. He is very much a psychopath. He's got okay. some, some is going on with Ron. He's definitely so now, neurodivergent. Oh, definitely. Now let's talk about the <laughs> last part of this episode. So <laughs> this next note just says callous with like 17 S's at the end because I was like, what is happening? And then the note below that in all caps says, what the fuck, callous? Yeah. Okay, so Callus is fulcrum mm-hmm. or a fulcrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. has joined the resistance, the rebels. What are we calling them? The rebellion. Rebellion. Okay. Rebels. He's but is he technically in like Phoenix Squadron? No, or he's an informant. Like, he's like just he's, a yeah, he's he's just the informant. Okay. He's so, what Ahsoka was, basically. And this is all because Zeb was nice to him in an ice cave. That and was, Constantine was mean to him when he got back. Okay. Yeah, that was like the inciting incident that okay. sort of started to crumble the, mm-hmm. the facade. So do we know how he managed this? Do we find out how he managed this eventually? Uh, that's one of my questions for you later. <laughs> oh, okay, I can't wait. Because I was just like, okay, so how long was there between the ice cave and here like a couple years like six months from the, six months from the end of season two to the beginning of season three so it's maybe been a longer year? than six months maybe yeah somewhere probably about a year a year to 18 okay. months ish yeah okay um, interesting so he's been fulcrum for a while okay excellent love it do we know like what kind of information fulcrum has like passed along in that time anytime they have mentioned fulcrum 
I can't Since remember. Ahsoka's been I gone. I wasn't paying attention. I know. Anytime they have said that we got this information from Fulcrum, it's been callous. It's so only been one Wedge or defecting two. was yeah. callous. Okay. Wedge or callous told them about that. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. How would uh, he? Okay. I guess like he went to visit. Yeah. He. I mean, he's ISB, so he has access to a lot of stuff. Okay. And he. I'm not sure exactly how he found out about the. What the hell is ISB? It's the it's the Imperial Security Bureau. They are like the super oh. secret like spy yeah, agency, like yeah. NSA on, NSA. But what the conspiracy theorists actually think the NSA are—that's yeah. the ISB. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So he has access to a lot of information, and I would assume at some point he came across something that would let him be in contact with. Like Ahsoka? even just like even just like a single rebel somebody. That's my thought is that Ahsoka may have vetted him before she died. That was that's my question is who the fuck vetted him because no one in the Spectres knew that he was Fulcrum. So it's like who authorized this? Was it Bail Organa? Was it Sato? Like because that's pretty big. Somebody has to know it's him. Sorry, Tio. Before she died. <laughs> well died in episode oh, yeah. in the end of season two before the end of season two yeah she di- died <laughs> we don't know oh but we died. did see i mean we saw you get that glimpse of her back walking like back mm-hmm. into the temple so oh are we to assume that she died a lot of people thought she was dead yeah oh i like never assumed that she died i just thought she. well was you're also a, you're also to a point where i mean we've seen mandalorian season oh two. sure 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 we absolutely yeah. know for a fact yeah. that she's in, yeah, in between the seasons people thought that she was interesting mm-hmm. okay Filoni caused a huge stir when he wore a shirt that said ahsoka lives at one of the cons mm-hmm. like he came out on stage and was just like interesting <laughs> the bug out mm-hmm. okay that's okay i did not realize that that was a thing that people thought okay interesting mm-hmm. okay um, I loved Ezra throwing Callus, and then Kane was like, "I wanted to do that." <laughs> that yeah, was hilarious. Yeah, oh my god, I wanted to do it. That was so funny. I love, mm-hmm. love, love that. My next note just says, "I'm like, I don't actually remember what this applies to." I think it was when Thrawn was like, "There's an informant in our midst," and I just wrote, "Like, how does Thrawn know everything?" Like, he, he does. Doesn't he doesn't know everything, but he is really good. Jesus, like he is so good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I hope he thinks that it's that stupid Governor Price lady because I really hate her. So I hope he kills her. <laughs> he can put her on a bike that blows up whenever. They're they're kind Thrawn of tight, just, unfortunately. Thrawn is just really good at spotting like through lines and patterns. Like, okay, yes, these guys really managed to get away. Analysis. They they had their comms jammed, but somehow they managed to like kind of coordinate the attack from right. the outside to cause a distraction. So they had to get their comms back. That means that they had yep. to have gotten access to some pretty sophisticated high security stuff, Yeah, which would indicate that they yeah. probably had help. Because Thrawn says, oh, they should have escaped via this like route already, but they haven't. So something's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, he's too good. He like, he really freaks me out. He's very good. And then, yeah. And then that was pretty much it. I just wrote, Kanan and Ezra as a duo is the fucking best. Yes. That was my last note. It was just so mm-hmm. good. Aren't you happy for more Kanan? Like after the last three episodes, yes. we needed Kanan to be more in the I really did. And I feel like 
before these episodes, it like really felt like Kanan was like an invalid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, like he still c- can go like and be active in missions, which is like, mm-hmm. that's what I needed to see. I didn't yes. like just want Kanan to be like, ah, oh, I'm blind. And now I just like sit in a control room or whatever. Right. Like, he wouldn't yeah. be happy. I was a that. little, it, it was really on this watch though that I was a little, like my suspension of disbelief might be a little bit off here because yes, Kanan can effectively, he can move around like fine. Mm-hmm. like he's he's blind yeah. but he's not really blind anymore right and they were wearing those like face shields or whatever but i'm like you know what kanan you are one of the most wanted people in the empire probably as a jedi yeah and you chances are you're gonna have to take that mask off inside the factory at some point yeah your facial mm-hmm. scarring is kind of a dead giveaway maybe mm-hmm. ezra could like blend into a crowd but you're yeah. gonna stand out mm-hmm. that's fair yes. Like, was Kanan the best choice to go in on this infiltration? He was the best choice for me. Yes. <laughs> for, for, my, for my eyes. Yes. Well, Flo, he could be back, like, building their own factory instead. And you well, know what? He probably should be. Maybe he should, factory like, was huge. He should listen to an audiobook about, like, bomb building or something. Take the internet course, my friend. Get on that hollow net. Get on it. Okay, so then we get into episode 11. Okay, so episode 11, super intense Harry Potter vibes. Yes, Harry hearing the basilisks, Ezra seeing Maul, hearing Maul everywhere. Um, Super creepy. Like, so creepy. Mm -hmm. And, like, you just felt so bad for him because you saw how panicked he was that he was seeing Mm -hmm. things that other people weren't. Very, like, Harry with Voldemort visions, right? Like, Like, fainting constantly. So that was... A, really sad, and B, like, obviously fed my Harry Potter obsession. So, yes. Yes. thank you, Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of not surprised, but, like, disappointed in Zeb in this episode. I feel mm-hmm. like he was, like, really unsupportive of Ezra. And, like, I, I understand, yeah. like, he wasn't there when, like, the whole, like, holocron thing was going on. Like, and he is kind of detached from it. But, like... Ezra is clearly like going through something and is like kind of ill. Like he passed out and like yeah. it was a problem. And he's just like, eh. So I was like, that's, I feel like we've done like a lot of Zeb character development. And it was mm-hmm. like, this was a little bit too devil too, may care. Yeah, too big brother, like trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah. And like Chopper too. When they were like, nap yeah. time's over, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Calm down. Like, like that's unnecessary. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, Chopper's that, that, always a little bit of an asshole. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, but it was like, I just felt, I felt really bad for Ezra in this episode. It yes. was just like that was a lot to pile on him in yes. like the first three minutes of the episode. Yeah, yeah, and they just don't get it. Like they have, yeah, it just. I mean, Zeb was kind of like, oh my god, Ezra when he first passed out, and then Ezra wakes up and he's like bootstraps. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And it was like, like okay, <laughs> I don't know. So then I wrote AP5 is such a grump, like unbelievable. Uh, The worst hang, like such a tough, tough hang. Absolutely terrible hang. Yes. And then we get to see the other toughest hang, fucking Bendu, (laughs) who makes me want to die every time I see him. This guy. I love it so much. No. No, he no like, I love how you react to it because I'm like, yeah. I just, I hate him. Like, they show up. They're like, 
hey, hey, Bendu, like, do you have any advice for us, my dude? Because you're like a kajillion years old. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, weird shit going on, bros. And then they're like, he's like, oh, turn around. Like, there he is. So weird. And then they're like, oh, no. And he's disappeared. He disappeared. Mm -hmm. What a fucker. Like, are you kidding me? He's in the middle. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. (laughs) But he couldn't even stay and watch. No. No. <laughs> no, he was, he was like, out. He was Guys, I got this. shit to do. I've got like the crock pots on. Like I got I don't go. know why this episode it just it made me think I was actually kind of thinking about like how's Flo gonna react to seeing Bendu again? And I just saw him like the big the face is there. And it struck me that he reminds me of um Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes. Just yes, kind I of know. like just kind of there, very flat, very yes. just I'm gonna mm-hmm. speak. It's just useless. He's just a useless character. And don't tell me that he's coming back and is like (laughs) going to be some sort of like Metaclorian factory or some dumbass shit. Like, Bendu can just fall into a hole. All right. I will definitely not tell you that he will be a Metaclorian factory. Okay. Thank you. We will definitely not tell you that he will probably be back in some way. (laughs) God, I hate that guy. Okay. So then Maul shows up, right? And you're like, so I still don't really understand if Maul was there or like if he was just like kind of like force connecting into Ezra's mind, kind of like at, ben Ray. At Bendu's place, he was actually there. He right, was right. There, but I mean yeah. before that, because like Ezra base, obviously heard him. No, base, that was, he was like not there. that was Harry Voldemort Visions, yes. Order of the Phoenix stuff going on. Yes. So like through the force communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like Ben Ray. A little bit. Not as they're, they're not a dyad in the force, but they're it's like a forced, forced, mm. a forced, a for, forced, forced connection, a forced dyad. He yes. was he oh, was yeah. he was screwing with Ezra's head yes. at that point. Mm-hmm. Did we know that he could do that? I mean, have we this seen is something special that? that happened because of the holocrons. Got yeah. it. Okay, which you okay, probably okay. weren't paying attention to because Bendu's the one who explained it. Okay, I paid a little <laughs> attention, but I was also like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you're probably right. I, I am very um, skewed against Bendu. <laughs> I don't blame you. He's a very like polarizing character. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here, Space Moose? Like, He's what's just going on? Really useless. Okay, so then I have an issue with Kanan. Okay. Because he just like lets Ezra go, and yes. so like I understand that Ezra was being tracked. Right? He had like the like, where's my phone thing yeah. going on, Ezra? Sabine's like. Don't worry. We right. low-jacked him. Exactly. So, like, I understand that, like, there was no super real danger, right? Because they knew where he was. Mm-hmm. But it's also Maul, and, like, Maul is super dangerous. And Kanan just, like, left his son and was just like, yeah, go ahead, bud. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Just, like, be back by midnight. Bye. The one I thing like- about Maul is that he won't hurt Ezra. And Kanan can probably feel that, like... Maul is very dangerous, and Ezra will probably be in danger, but not from Maul. Yeah, and I like to. Th- I I was thinking about it, and I think I've kind of settled in my head that it's because because it, Sabine says it like, why does Ezra keep trusting Maul? And Kanan's like, I'm not really sure he does. So I think once Kanan realized Maul was in the picture somehow, he realized that there was something going on with the Force here, mm-hmm. where Ezra's head was getting scrambled or something he knew he knew that at some point Ezra was going to need to was going to have to go with Maul for something whatever it happened to be 
that they were going to end up together again and whether Ezra was going to be like incapable of resisting or in this in the actual case it ended up being that they really didn't have a choice Maul was like holding them over the fire like I will alert the Empire that this is where your base is yeah yeah yeah. that was pretty like, that there was gonna have to be something to happen that Kanan was gonna have to to track Ezra down yeah but also like why are we trusting Maul like he could We're get not, Ezra yeah. and tell the Empire he could, but he also doesn't want to draw too much attention from the yeah, Empire. He, he's not really, he's, not re- he's, he's already shown that he's not really a fan of the Empire itself. Like, I don't know. I just like, I, I do don't think Kanan should have gone with. Like, Kanan should have pushed the issue a little bit and been like, yeah, yeah. Been like I'm his chaperone. Yeah. Yeah. He can go with you, but also I'm. Also yeah. <laughs> so that was annoying. So then we end up on Dathomir. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I watched. Um, my husband played Jedi Fallen Order. So I had seen <laughs> some know, Death of Mirror Death things. Of yes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like I, I recognize this. I got this. Then we kind of like see Maul's collection of stuff is like Ariel's Grotto treasure trove. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Like, exactly. no, it's terrifying, actually. It is very terrifying. <laughs> and then I just wrote dark saber question mark, question mark, but it is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Yes. okay, cool, cool, cool. My next note says Maul is super rapey. He's extremely rapey in this episode. He He's just like, manipulation. Hey, I made you a potion. Make sure you drink every drop. He's over here just like straight up slipping things into people's drinks and scaring the shit out of me. And it's just like, ugh, so He's really creepy. He's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. And he's very, he, he's getting more and more unstable. Yes. Like he's yeah, very mood tell. swingy here. You can track his descent. He's just yeah. like a crazy person. So anyways, he freaks me out. And then of course they drink it, right? Mm-hmm. And this was very like polyjuice potion-y. Yeah. Where it's just like, eh, eh, eh. and then their eyes are like, <laughs> which was very creepy. That mm-hmm. really freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And I then, love the magics. All the magics. That was so weird. Yes. <laughs> Everything was so weird. And then Kanan and Sabine get possessed. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, they all, do. It goes to shit. <laughs> Real fast. Because so, it's Maul. He's like, oh, don't let them touch you, by the way. <laughs> well, don't let them touch you. And also, bye. Yeah. I'm out. I figured it out. Okay, see you later. And he just pieces out and just like leaves. It's yep. like. I mean, he took Ezra with him. <laughs> he wasn't going to leave Ezra in the cave. Uh, he was pretty fucked up. Then yes. Spider Sabine was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen. When she has climbed oh, yeah. down that like yeah. creepy column and it's just mm-hmm. like. <laughs> I hope that my mic picked up that very creepy sound. It's, I heard it. It, did. Okay, <laughs> it was really creepy. It was like. Yeah. The Night Sisters are fucking scary. They so really scary. are. Mm-hmm. This was like horror movie. Like I was expecting like her yes. head to swivel all the way around like an mm-hmm. owl. It mm-hmm. was very scary. Um okay, so all that's very very scary. They end up un- getting unpossessed. And then of course like what we thought about the desert planet with two sons, we find out is in fact Tatooine. We are looking for Obi-Wan. <laughs> so that was exciting to just like mm-hmm. confirm that. Yeah. Um and then we see Sabine grabbing the dark saber which was really exciting. So Mm -hmm. I wonder what will happen with that. (laughs) So yeah, overall, I really liked these episodes. I thought they were really entertaining. I was not on my phone for them, Mm -mm. um, which was good. And 
yeah, I feel like a lot more forward momentum in terms of yes. plot. Mm-hmm. Um, We're heading not... into a big plot okay, bubble good. for this season. Yeah. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really, really like them. I thought they were great. I'd give it like a Yay. eight and a half out of ten. Yay. Really good. Happy. So happy. Yay. I love it. These like heading at the end of season three starts to get real okay. intense. Yeah. Like all the yeah. character building stuff that happened in season two and the beginning of season three is starting to like really cycle into the story. I'm like, okay, good. Okay. I, I really, really enjoyed these. So if it's more like this, we're good. I think you're very much going to enjoy the next couple of us. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Give me yeah. all of Spy Callus. Like, hello, sir. There will be I, an episode coming up that is fucking amazing. <laughs> is it called Spy Callus? It's very close to that. Okay. <laughs> very close to that. One of my favorite episodes. Love, okay, I'm love, really love excited. Go. Okay. <laughs> now that we're we're not done talking about Hot Callus, we will talk about Thank him God. more. We're heading into our sixth holocron, which is Conjecture at the Cantina. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore. What did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Well, this is, I love watching the show Rebels Recon with Andy Gutierrez, who works for Star Wars. You get so many like little bits and pieces from the creators. They were talking about Maul's connection to Ezra. Flo asked about that. How did this happen? What exactly is going on? Maul and Ezra forced, forged a connection when they joined the Holocrons. But when they split them apart too soon, they basically, a piece of each other is in each other's head. Oh, so straight up Horcrux. Yes. Straight up Horcruxing. Oh, yes. Got it, got it, yep. got it. After they were they holocroning, they started Horcruxing. Yep. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> it Don't we all? <laughs> they all immediately follow the other. Yes. So because of this, Maul has that lingering presence in Ezra's mind, which, of course, he found a way to use against him. Yeah. Because that's what Maul does. The visions are completely manufactured by Maul. Okay. Like, this is him actually doing the Voldemort thing like he finds out that the connection can be used this way and so he uses it that way. How did he find out? He He's probably, very smart. He, he is very smart. Like Maul is very smart and very adept at force manipulation. Kind of Palpy is the best at force sure. manipulation but Maul is also very good and he knows Ezra pretty well. Okay that's so fair. He knows how to push him the way he wants him to go. I'm Bubble telling you so those... rapey. Yes. He's, he very, he has this tendency to want to dominate people, no matter what. Even when he's trying to like forge an actual connection with someone, his brain just goes like a million paces back. And it's like, no, I have to be the one in charge. And it's like, baby, no. Time yeah. and place, small, time and place, baby. He does not understand that. No. <laughs> he was kidnapped when he was four. He had no chance. Fair, <laughs> or, or fair, poor fair. little Poor little baby mall. Um, Pablo Hidalgo, though, said that even if they weren't connected, Maul is like that kind of trigger in Ezra's head. Like if he's really tired or overstressed, Maul is like that kind of dip towards the dark side. Mm-hmm. So this is, and it makes Ezra anxious. So it's kind of like an anxiety attack. If he's linked, when he's linked to Maul and thinking about it, I thought that was really cool. It's like, yeah. all right, this is, yay, Pablo, thank you for that. I think we already covered this, you guys. How did the rebellion vet Callus? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would say, like, they probably, he probably found a way to connect with somebody. Yes. Don't know who it is. And started passing just, like, a little bit of information. Mm-hmm. And as it was checking out, 
they would trust it more and more, and he finally gets to the point where they gave him full, the name. kind of fulcrum status, yeah, yeah. and a, a specific secure communication line. I'm trying to think. Uh, I know because they never they never explain this flow. No, they, they never, never do. I'm trying All to right, think. So time for some fan fiction. Some of the uh, some mm-hmm. of the books that I've read recently, they've had kind of like recruitment scenes. Yeah. Where it's literally just like two people who happen to come across each other like in a bar. Yeah. And they and that's how you kind of slowly recruit them. And Ahsoka was pretty much accidentally recruited as the first fulcrum. I mean she eh, Bale was pretty explicit about what he wanted from her. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> but like he stumbled upon her. Like it yeah. wasn't like he was searching her out. Whereas Callus, I think, reached out somehow yeah the he was just like get me out of here they don't love me and i'm stuck in this like horrible bunk <laughs> all i have is this rock yeah <laughs> so this is so our engagement sad. ring rock that we had on the ice move they're like penguins don't penguins do that yeah they, have yeah, each they other. give like, each other a rock on the ice planet <laughs> i just feel like maybe there should have been at like a in-person meeting where it's just like are you sure or like a polygraph or like a something they may may have done something like that (laughs) borgullet man (laughs) freaking saw guerrera yeah oh god (laughs) that would be smart oh fucking terrifying oh god i think he would have killed all right my questions around these episodes so as far as inside man my one real question is actually speaking of small things coming back you know way way back when we had that kind of scene where they had discovered that the empire has like a 10 or like a 20 year plan for lethal specifically mm-hmm. with it is that it's the tie defender program is i think so is the answer to that question like what is the yeah. what are they planning i think that's what it is i think that's what it is thrawn had this plan in place like the kind of fighter he wanted mm-hmm. and then he had to like bust his ass up the ranks which he did very quickly and then arinda price was like oh yes yes come here Mm -hmm. fuck that bitch so Mm -hmm. i had kind of like a problem with this like return to lethal sort of situation because i feel like we had just heard ezra tell space justin bieber like i had to leave my home too bitch Mm-hmm. And then it's like literally the next episode. It's like, oh look, we're back on Lethal, and like <laughs> we're not even going to mention it. So I don't know. I yes, I was kind they, of annoyed. They have to leave Lothal again for a while because Thrawn's there, and now they're like, oh fuck, yeah, Thrawn's here. But yeah, but Thrawn like, I has now deduced that they, that they have. Right. Thrawn has deduced that they have a connection to it. Like that's part yeah. of his whole thing with the art. He's like, I've seen this symbol all over the place. It's more sure. than just a single like rebellion thing this place Mm -hmm. means something to these people man he's too good yeah he's got like definitely a degree in art history yes Yes. which most of the other chists do not understand they think he's fucking weird well he is weird and then he beats them in battle every time real bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean he doesn't make him not weird no no he's he's definitely that weird kid in class who doesn't speak but gets like 100% on all the exams and the teachers love him, but also they're a little afraid of him. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely the kid who like wears his backpack super high and also wears a vest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thrawn totally wears vests until oh. Arlani tells him not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a, he's a weirdo. He is yeah. Weird. He is. 
All right. So then my question's around kind of um, the second episode here. Colleen, do we know, is the rest of Dathomir still settled? Like, we know that the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers were wiped out. Um, well, that's another uh, that's another great Clone Wars arc when that happens. Mm -hmm. Super sexy Ventress, the assassin, the assassin comes home. Yes, <laughs> and tries okay. to defend it against Dooku, but they the Night Sisters they are just hot. wipe them out. <laughs> it's just a bunch of hot force witches, yeah. and then they they try to fight back against the shockingly the men. <laughs> the men yeah. come for the Night Sisters, the powerful women, and try to crush them. <laughs> hmm. Like, thank you, Star Wars. But they were the that. Yeah, but they were not the only settlements on Dathomir, so... No, I is... think there are still people there. The Night Sisters are gone. The Night Brothers, there might be a few left, but Maul kind of blew through them also. Yeah. During the Mandalore problem. Mm-hmm. So it's... There probably are not okay. any... So there's not that There's not that many Zabriks left. Not on Dathomir. They're on their home planet, but not. Mm. On okay. Dathomir. Yeah, because the regular Zabrax don't do like the facial tattooing. That's the Night Brothers, who are Flo, basically just hanging out on this planet to breed with the Night Sisters. The Night Sisters are in charge, and they go and they choose a mate from the dudes, and are like, "You're all right, I guess." <laughs> the witches <laughs> choose like, the horny reverse boys. Reverse harem situation. Give me all the reverse harem. <laughs> Yes. So the men are always like learning how to fight and be warriors so that they can be worthy of the Night Sisters. This sounds like heaven. How do I sign up to be a Night Sister? <laughs> right? Like, oh dang, all these really hot built dudes. Let's go. Man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Move. I want to like, go to yeah. Oh yeah. D Dathomir has some good things about it. Until okay. they're all wiped out and turned into these weird steam monster things. The steam and speaking of those steam monsters, is that Mother Talzin's spirit that I we see? Is it ever identified? So. I think she's destroyed in the Son of Dathomir comics. Okay. I think she's taken out. After she does save her son, fucking finally. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. If we mm. the the leader of the Night Sisters was Maul's mom. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who this was scorpion leg time. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, she's she, the one who she yeah, took she, the scorpion legs and gave him the droid. Legs. And gave him the regular droid legs. Wow, such mm -hmm. a nice mom. Also, wait, Tio, can we talk about how when you were talking about baby mall being taken away or whatever? I just mm -hmm. imagined a series like Muppet Babies, but with like Muppet <laughs> yes. Star Wars or like yes. baby Star Wars. Baby Maul kind of does look like a Muppet baby oh in the in the God. comic. He so looks so cute. He's just this little poor toddler that Sidious is like, bam, you got the force, yoink. And Man. takes him. Anyways, yeah. I would totally watch that. Mm -hmm. Star Wars Muppet Babies? Yeah. <laughs> Give it to us, please. Right now. I would totally watch a Baby Maul show, even though what happens to him is horrific. <laughs> Yeah, it would just be very dark. It'd be yes. a dark baby show. Yes. But, no, but it would be like, it w okay, so okay, so let's plan this out here. Actually, if we're gonna do this, okay, this, I I see it as kind of like the Rugrats, but yes. he's like sneaking around Sidious's castle on Mustafar. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Are With there his one other droid movies? friend? There might be a cup. I mean, I mean, there might be, but you never see them. Yeah. 
Maul's only friend is a droid who Sidious then makes kill. Like, he makes him kill the droid. Wow, okay. Yep. So what if we just did, like, a spinoff where we just get, like, our all baby characters all together? Like, what about that, like, weird baby that Ezra had to save that one time? Yes, exactly. the Ithorian. The Ithorian yeah, baby. So let's yeah. get that guy, a baby Maul. That can like, be a, rusty. A baby Ahsoka would be so cute. Baby Ahsoka like, oh. very cute. And then, like, a bunch of baby Ewoks. Mm. Adorable. I think, I think we got an idea gold. here. I think I it's think we got this. Gold. Baby, like, this could be like a what if, like a Star Wars what if, like if what if the Jedi rescued Baby Maul? What if there was just one daycare center in the whole galaxy, and we put all the cute little babies in there? It's called the Jedi, the Jedi Academy. <laughs> they are also baby stealers. In a there way. you go. <laughs> yeah. But at least they wouldn't have tortured Maul and turned him into a monster. Because <laughs> Maul and Maul and Obi Wan are close to the same age also mm-hmm. okay so they probably would have been contemporaries if they were at the jedi academy together if they were at the, the jedi daycare yep yes mm-hmm. all right so my last question here is what was maul's plan for this price that he knew was coming like because he did not know that kanan and sabine were gonna follow no and he, i don't think telling he... you're right he definitely didn't want ezra to get hurt no in that sense but he knew that they were going to ask this like price of flesh. <laughs> like, what was his plan? He, I don't think he knew exactly what they were going to ask for. He knew there would be a price. <laughs> but then he like just was like, "Oh well, we'll deal with that when it comes." And then he's like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's times like this when you like need to bring a scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. This is where he would have been like, "Absolutely, Kanan, why don't you come with us?" Yeah, come on, <laughs> right. come on, right. Kanan. Exactly. Hop on. <laughs> totally go to death, Amir. <laughs> so weird yeah yeah he i think maul is he's his brain is kind of fractured so he's he knows the consequence but he's not ready to deal that's what life in a dumpster will do to you true he was there for like 10 years yeah that sucks Mm -hmm. poor maul all right everybody i think that's gonna wrap it up for us today so please tune in with us next time as we continue our season three coverage by heading back to one of flo's absolute favorite locations and just hang out with the droids back at chopper base are you serious right now you will find out oh god until then (laughs) please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews check out our website bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes enjoy colleen's book corner where she reviews star wars literature and contact us through email and social media as always keep telling other nerdy nights to join us that really does help you can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we just finished up our rewatch of all the films in the Star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. Until next time, Dark Sabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Yeah, I'm sure that Dark Saber won't come up again either. Yeah, never. <laughs>